Welcome to the Peter Gabbard Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today is March 19th, 2020, which means I am on day 96 of 365 promised episodes of improv, unedited, unscripted, movie reviews, entertainment, music, sports, and all things except politics. Let me tell you, folks, I, Peter Timothy Hankst, the host of the Peter Gabbett Podcast, have made it easily through this pandemic, and I believe a lot of it has to do with the fact that I suck down Herbalife shakes every day. Now, I'm not a seller of Herbalife. Now, I don't sell it to anybody. I'm not in the pyramid scheme of any of it. I am a small part as a consumer of it, but I must say it is delicious for the most part. There are some flavors that suck. The banana caramel, I'm not a fan. But virtually every other flavor they have is a fantastic meal in a shake, easy to drink, quick, convenient, and is jam-packed with so many friggin' nutrients that I believe I have a one-up on everybody else to avoid getting the coronavirus. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I usually have a very low-nutrient gaining diet. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there eating meat and sugar and some vegetables because I force myself. But you can get everything you want in one quick drink with an Herbalife shake. So if you know anybody who sells it, buy a batch of it from them just for fun. Just do it one time and let me know if when you substitute breakfast for an Herbalife shake, you do not feel better each and every day because I guarantee you will. Not to mention, even Dr. Drew says we ain't even supposed to have breakfast. Maybe it wasn't Dr. Drew. It might have been might have been the other guy that has his own show. But either way, I'm telling you, Herbalife shakes. Get them. Drink them. Avoid Corona. Now, my kid got a oversized Tonka truck that he can ride in for, I, I don't remember, I think it was Christmas or something. And now he has decided every morning to ride up and down the hallways of my house, bashing it into the sides of the wall, scraping off paint, and all around forcing each and every one of us to be awake when he deems it's time to ride his Tonka truck. That thing is loud, obnoxious, destructive, and it's his favorite toy. So I can't take it away. You ever notice that every time your kid finds something that becomes their favorite, it happens to be also the most annoying thing you have in your house? Yes. Well, that is the case for the Tonka truck that my son has. I mean, why doesn't he do it outside? We live in the sunniest place you can possibly live in, in the U.S., and yet he freaking feels like he has to ride that thing up and down the hallways all day long. Don't get your kid an oversized Tonka truck unless you have, like, buffers around the edges of your house, which nobody has. You know, unless you have, like, a padded room where an insane person would stay in a straitjacket. Because then you would have to not, you know, you'd have to actually be insane to be me and allow him to continue this rampage of Tonka truck madness. You know, why doesn't he just get himself a little stuffed animal? You know, he has 40 of those, but no. It's got to be the Tonka truck. You know, it, good for him, though. It's a it's a manly thing to play with. You know, you, you get proud of your son when you see him playing with a truck or a motorcycle or a fake gun. But then you also wonder, 
Is he going to be a truck driver someday? You know, would I be happy with my son driving a dump truck? You know, I don't want that to be his life's ambition. So maybe next time I'll get him a spaceship so he can think about being an astronaut. Yeah, there you go. Now that's a definite one-up on a dump truck driver. Although right now, in these trying times, we would all be screwed if the dump truck drivers weren't continuing their ridiculously difficult and long-houred labor. The workforce of America is now relying solely on the harder, more labor-intensive and manual workers than ever before. You know, everyone else who has a job that they can do from home on a computer has been sent home. Everyone whose job is basically not really necessary, like mine, serving people food, they're done. You know, they're cut off. Because, you know, people can make food at their own homes. Everybody should be able to do this. The funny part about this panic during the quarantine is that you can tell people who don't know how to cook anything because they're so mad that the restaurants are closed. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to get my, you know, spaghetti or my fish and chips or my burgers I usually get. Make a burger. You can make way better burgers at your house than any place could possibly sell you. You probably have all the household ingredients already. Lettuce, tomato, pickles, onions, ketchup. You know, you got yourself some good cheese, I'm sure, at your house. Everyone has cheese. Cut it in thin slices, slap it on some ground beef, smash the burger down, throw some minced onions into the patty to make it extra crisp. You know, come on. We have the ability to be self-sustaining, and yet we just are so used to these luxuries that we complain and we complain and we complain. Well, get over it. Get your ass in the kitchen. Quit your bitching and start cooking up some dope shit. Nothing makes you more proud of a kid than when they learn how to use the toilet on their own and you can stop getting them diapers. Yes. I gotta say, you know, I'm pretty proud of my son, but you know what? Some things go along with the learning how to use the toilet. And one of the things that I'm not proud of is the fact that he still can't get himself into his underwear after he takes a shit. And he can't wipe his own bum. So hey, kudos to you. You learned how to pee on the toilet. You learned how to flush a toilet. You learned how to not pee all over the bathroom for once. But yet, you still need somebody, which is usually me, to come wipe your bum and put on your underwear. You know, that's, that's embarrassing. I don't like doing that. That's not something I enjoy. I don't, I don't like doing that with any kid, especially my own, because with any of them, you know, I just don't want to be around kids covered in poo, especially when they're over the age of two. This is just, it becomes an additional problem, because now your kid, he's so proud of himself, he ran out of the bathroom, he's like, hey, I pooped on my own, look at me, how great I am. But now they're walking around your house covered in shit. You're like, no, 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 no. Get back in the bathroom and learn how to wipe your bum. That's a whole new level of, of teaching that must go on. You know, you're, you gotta, what? You're gonna have to squat down and, and show them how you would wipe your own bum? You know, I don't really know how to teach them to do these things. This is not something that you just naturally know how to do. You're like, oh, um, this is what you do when you drop a deuce instead of running around the house with poo all over your butt and leaving your underwear in the bathroom. 
on the floor, spindled up in such a way that it's disgusting to have to unravel it from your pants each time and then show you how to put them on. I mean, how do you not know how to put on pants and underwear, but you know how to crap in a toilet? I don't understand it. I'm, I guess I lost those memories, you know, along the way. I was pretty sure I was maybe even less than two when I figured all that out. But, you know, I had older siblings. My parents would say, hey, go teach him how to do this. Well, I'm not at that stage yet. Because finally, by the time my first kid was, you know, you figuring out how to use the toilet on her own, then my other kid was really not old enough yet to learn. And now I'm not going to send my five-year-old daughter in to teach my two-year-old son how to wipe his bum. That's just weird and inappropriate. So, you know, it's a catch-22. Be proud of your kids when they learn how to use the toilet, but prepare for some other weird crap to happen. Now, this story's crazy, folks. It seems a New Jersey paper company, which had recently fought to stay open after a remarkably intense fire destroyed virtually every portion of their business. They had only one large warehouse left and were looking at pretty much bankruptcy in their future. And yet now they have skyrocketed sales on account of the toilet paper panic buying going on across the nation. Yes, a New Jersey paper company called Marcal or Marcal Paper actually is now back in business after that devastating fire on account of people's toilet paper panic buying. This is this is hilarious, but also good news for them, you know? At least the people of that factory know they got a job for a little while. You know, there's no layoffs going on there. They can't even keep up with demand. They used to have a larger infrastructure in place to prepare for such economy boosts as this to the paper industry. And yet, after that devastating fire, they're left with one major large warehouse that is kicked into overdrive. I mean, 24 hours a day, they're pushing out paper towels and toilet paper, the likes of which they've never done before. This place is the center of workforce in New Jersey right now. If you need a job, go to Marcall Paper Company and apply to create more toilet paper for people because I'm sure they need more people left and right. I mean, how many of us have done this panic buying? I'm not going to lie. I was not all the way out of toilet paper when I decided to try and actually find some. All the stores were empty. We found some at a little Mexican market that nobody thinks to go to to buy toilet paper. It was fully stocked to the brim. So we bought a bunch, and now I feel like I am a contributor to these toilet paper companies that are just making tons of money off this. You know, because generally speaking, I got maybe a roll left before I go to the store and even think about buying toilet paper. You know, I don't let myself fully get out of TP. I'm not like dropping a deuce. I'm like, oh man, I got nothing to wipe with. I'll just jump in the shower and then go buy toilet paper. No, that's disgusting. Of course, I always have some. But in this case, you know, I bought some when I still had maybe four or five rolls left. And now I have a ton because I'm in fear. Not that 
you know, the toilet paper companies are going to go out of business or anything, but that everyone around me is going to buy it all up before I have a chance to get any. That's my panic. Not that I'll be quarantined for so long that I'll be taking tons and tons of shits at my own house. No, that's, that's weird thinking. Instead of that, I'm just simply thinking about the weirdos that have bought it all before me and not left me with any. This panic buying thing is getting out of control, but I did see something funny. Pictures of frozen food sections in grocery stores, completely empty except for frozen pizzas that have pineapple on them. Yes, panic buying or not, it seems the world still hates pineapples on pizza. I'm not sure why. I love a Canadian bacon pineapple pizza. It's delicious. You get the sweet, you get the salt, you get everything. And yet, here's the stores jam-packed with some of the items that people do not want still. And it is pretty funny to see that. If it comes down to it, I'll buy them all. You know, I, I'll eat that stuff. I don't know why people hate it. I think it's delicious. Now, it looks like eight scumbags were arrested in San Diego County for price-gouging medical items and sanitary and hygiene products during this medical crisis. Yes, selling things like toilet paper for an absurd price and, you know, masks and Lysol disinfectant spray and hand sanitizer all on OfferUp and Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and all that stuff. What a bunch of dirty, rotten scumbags. I mean, it's one thing to be a drug dealer, right? They know what they're selling. They leave the price the same or slightly increase it based on the market value of the drugs. You know, because they know people can get that same drug from someone else for a cheaper deal if they raise the price too high. And they're, they're providing a service, even though it's terrible for everyone, it's the person who buys its choice to buy the drug or not, and it's their fault. So, drug dealers, scumbags, yes, but these people, these people selling hygiene and medical supplies and things during an emergency like we supposedly currently have are truly scumbags. Knowing that the price and the market value of these items are well below what they're asking, knowing that they are price gouging to the highest degree and taking advantage of the fact that some people don't have access to the necessary resources during an outbreak like this. What a bunch of terrible individuals these people are. I say there's only one way to truly punish them. Give them each the coronavirus. And I'm just saying... You know, yeah, that sounds dirty and filthy and messed up, but hey, you want to screw people over during the coronavirus outbreak? How's about we give you the coronavirus and then you see what it's like? And in fact, put them on blast so that nobody will give them the stuff they need to prevent it from spreading. Well, we don't want that because then we'll get it from them. But, you know, don't let them have any toilet paper. Make them wipe their asses with their hands because that's what they deserve after this scam of, I just can't even believe it. It's like some kind of mafia thing going on. Like, hey, you want to join me? I'm going to up the price of toilet paper and sell it online. 
and then make a killing. If anyone says anything else, I'll stab them in the face with a pencil. You know, I'm just not understanding their thought process. Like, what, what are you? You're some kind of don of the local, you know, hygiene products market? You sick and sadistic freaks. I do not agree with this. Obviously, I hate it. But I gotta say, you know, I haven't thought of any ways to gain money out of this coronavirus outbreak. I've only been losing money myself. I'm sure most of us have. And I think that's why we're so mad about this. You know, because during this time where a lot of us can't work or lost our jobs or something happened, we are jealous when other people are out there somehow still making money. Because they're moving forward. They're going ahead of us now. You know, no longer are we ahead of the game and feeling comfortable and like, no worries, you know, I got this. Nothing can stop me. Well, this can stop me. And it has. So I'm not going to lie, I'm jealous of the peeps that are still working day-to-day, getting paychecks. I feel like they're moving ahead, and I'm taking steps back. You know, and we're supposed to be getting this, I don't know, stimulus package per, you know, maybe. It might just be some made-up BS, but now there's rumors that it's going to have, it's going to be $1,000 per adult, per household, $500 per kid, per household. Where's that money going to come from? I just have a feeling it's going to come out of our taxes somehow. And you know what? I've received my state taxes back already, but I haven't received my Fed. And I'm guessing it's going to get siphoned away into some kind of stimulus package BS, which would have, you know, I would have had more money off of my federal taxes return anyways than I would receive from this stimulus BS. So there better not be some kind of reversal thing happening where now instead of our federal tax returns at all, we'll each evenly get whatever we deserve based on the amount of people in our household. Because you know what that is? That's communism. And I'm not down with it. It's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast. That is the best by far. Everything else cowers to the real stories segment brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst. That guy is so great. I love him. It's me. And barbecues, and that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. Today, folks, I'm going to tell you the story about the time I went to a Slick Rick concert and a gigantic Native American tried to kill me. Yeah, so just picture this, folks. Portland, Oregon, it can be a dark place, you know. There's not too many bright lights shining all the time, and especially at night when you go to a concert You know, you might end up in a venue that seems like it couldn't possibly house a concert. You're thinking, no, there's no concert venue in here. I mean, these doors are weird. You walk through some kind of hallway or, you know, you climb up somewhere. But sure enough, a lot of the venues, they're great because of this. And one of those types of places is called the Roseland Theater. Yep, it is small and it is personal, so you feel like you're really seeing the, you know, the artist you're there to see firsthand. You're not stuck in a nosebleed seat so high up that you can barely see a speck of a person that you paid hundreds of dollars to see. You pay 20 bucks and you go all the way to the front where you can almost grab this person by their feet as they're on stage at this much smaller venue. I prefer that. So I'm at one of these shows. It was Slick Rick, The Art of Storytelling, tour or something like that. It was, you know, personally, I don't generally seek out 
shows like this where it's not really that underground, you know, he's fairly mainstream, but I was always a Slick Rick fan, and the chance to get tickets to his show led me to the Roseland Theater. Now, I was there with a buddy of mine who is now not so much my friend, he's more of a extreme drug user who I don't speak with anymore, but back then, we were cool, we had fun, we always partied together, his name was Fat Ryan, and he had a girlfriend by the name of Crystal, you know, at, at this point, she's his baby's mama, but they don't speak. You know, he's a terrible father. She's a great mom. She has a new life, new husband, fantastic world out there in Idaho somewhere. But this guy, he's still living in Portland doing drugs, sadly. Uh, but when I met up with him that night, we decided to go to the 21 Rover portion of this venue, which is the upper deck. You know, you can go to, you can go to the balcony area where you're served alcohol, or you can go down where there's kids that are barely 18 and you know they're doing some kind of b-boy acrobatics and jumping around having fun smoking joints and stuff but none of them are drinking because they can't so we stuck to the upper area you know it's, it's something we waited a long time to do and we sit down kind of in one of the front rows of this balcony portion we got good seats you know we can see this this venue's small you know just picture being on a balcony, but being seriously close to the artist anyway, to where if I wanted to and I tried hard enough, I could probably spit on it, which I wouldn't do, because that's mad disrespect. But either way, I'm up on this balcony, and I'm having a good time. Slick Rick comes out. Everybody's getting faded. You know, there's drinks being passed around, and some gigantic, I'm talking like seven-foot-tall mountain man of a Native American gentleman sits right next to us, and starts trying to touch my friend's girlfriend. Now, he, my friend, he's not that big of a dude. We did call him Fat Ryan, but he was definitely bigger than me. You know, but this guy, you know, he didn't even know what to do. He was in shock because you don't really want to get in a fight with a giant like this dude. I mean, he was, was a Paul Bunyan-looking guy. This guy was the big show from WWE. He was a massive human being. And he starts, like, trying to touch my friend's girlfriend. So we're both like, hey, man, no, no, no. What are you doing? Don't touch her. Who the hell are you anyways? And he starts slurring his words. We can tell right away. He's, like, almost incapacitated. He's so drunk. And he starts, like, saying some stuff that makes no sense to any of us. And then he starts to try and strangle my friend. For no reason at all, a giant Native American man begins to strangle my friend at a Slick Rick concert in downtown Portland. Now, this would normally seem like the craziest thing and, you know, most nutty story that anyone's ever told, but sadly for us, this just seemed like a normal occurrence. When they say keep Portland weird, they're not lying. It's weird. Weird things happen there. Usually it's not assault-related things like this. You know, it's generally something weird. You can just shrug it off. You're like, oh, well, that was definitely strange and unusual. But in this case, you know, we're fighting off a giant. So we both jump up and start trying to get this gigantic man off of both my friend's girlfriend and him, who he seems to be somehow simultaneously choking as he's grabbing at this woman. And so we just somehow smear ourselves out of there and then just jump back, and we're like, dude, what is your freaking problem, man? You're a psycho. 
And he just, he's so drunk. He has no idea where he is, what's going on. And then all of a sudden, his friend shows up. His friend shows up and he turns just normal. He's like, oh, you know, hey, I'm sorry about my buddy here. My giant, massive human being friend who like seriously was making the balcony just teeter-totter. It was about to collapse because this guy was so giant. He's like, I'm really, really sorry about this dude. And we're like, no, that's not acceptable. Sorry is not acceptable. We just assaulted a woman and my friend while we're trying to have a fun time at this show. You know, tell your piece of crap giant friend. Don't tell him I said this because he's still giant. But tell him to get the hell out of here. There was no security anywhere. This dude somehow, like, scraped his massive friend up from his chair and just, you know, slithered him away downstairs. I don't know where they went, but they left. And finally, we felt safe again, I guess. But not really, because now we're just wondering, you know, is this going to happen again? Like, what the hell is this? You know, there's been some shows I've been to that were violent. I went to the Wicked Wonka tour. You know, it had Tech 9 and... And what are those juggalos? ICP. I wasn't there for them, obviously. I can't even remember. Bone Thugs and Harmony, stuff like that. And there were some definite ruffians going on, just bouncing around, knocking each other over and doing all that crazy stuff. But Slick Rick is not a, a guy you expect to go see and end up in a violent clash with someone. So this was just a strange and unusual occurrence. And we ended up sitting as far away from anyone else as we could. Enjoyed the rest of the show, but I felt bad because I actually, I physically almost made my friends come out to this. They were thinking twice, I'm like, ah, I don't really want to go. And I'm like, come on, man, don't make me go to this show alone. It's far from my house. I don't want to just be in downtown at night by myself. I look like a little bitch. Well, it's a good thing because that giant man could have just eaten me or something and I would have had no witnesses. Instead of that, I felt terrible since he had tried to grab my friend's girlfriend and he strangled my buddy. and You know, that's just the type of thing you got to watch out for, folks. Lesson to be learned here, when you're at any show, doesn't matter if it's a place that doesn't generally promote violence, you can't be certain that you won't get assaulted by a drunken idiot. So be careful out there. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Thanks for tuning in. I love each and every one of you so very much. You mean the world to me. Stay tuned. Everything's going to get crazy soon. You know, I'm almost at my 100th episode. I got some special stuff I'm going to come out with, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Folks, even though I played some Slick Rick at the end of yesterday's episode, it just seems like it's the right thing to do today as well, considering the real story about when I went to see Slick Rick live and almost got assaulted by a Native American. So here is why, why, why by Slick Rick off the album of the art of storytelling. I mean, I did search for an interior motive Cause though you look and sound hype I wanna see if you're worthwhile settling down type 
God knows there's bigger So observe to see if you're gonna sweat the next nigga Or help me make green like fertilizer You know in life you can't race around with no worthless So continue the sequel You're weighed in the scale and we live as free people Then disagreeing are up to I don't feel my standards are being lived up to So erection conquers I ran out when and had sex in Yonkers God knows that's flaking, jerking her And not the replacement great is looking for I thought you didn't love him, didn't he? Hey, hey, hey. I thought you said forever to the sea. Hey, hey, hey. I swore you were dishonest. Do you believe? Hey, hey, hey. I'll search this well forever. Are you real? Hey, hey, hey. Low is my type of hun, friend material, and not that type of bond. So myself might have chumped. Were the problems we're having worth that type of jump? Commitment, Rick at cruddy and regardless, move made and back studying. Still screaming, thrown and elegance grown. Don't play around, grown intelligence. Fix what bother and another. If speed's not made, once again, who gonna suffer? Stubborn fool's game. The mule came over here with a girl from the old school name. Though hit and though maxed about with memories, and that's about it. Cause I thought you didn't love and didn't need me. Said forever to deceive hey, hey, hey. I swore you were dishonest. Do you believe me? Hey, hey, I'll search this well forever. Are you real? Hey, hey, hey. An uneasiness kept here, even after we made this big giant step here. Womanhood somewhere in the basement, slowing down again, so I'm looking a replacement. Music pounding a slow jam with a girl knowing and down with the program. Although the honey aim star king would've took grooming and taming the wild thing. Loud uneasiness brought out, still tried to shove my tongue down the bushy broad mouth. Speeding, chasing after vacant, tried to string along but I didn't have the patience. Learned from cussing and confusion, breaking commandments wasn't the solution. Though a few minor clicks in the relationship, still time to fix things. I thought you didn't love him, didn't he? Hey, hey, hey. Do you believe?